Hola, hello, hi, bienvenido, and welcome back, or welcome to Mentors Today, Season 2. Eli, como estas, amiga? How is life in Guadalajara? Hi, everybody. Hola. Saludos desde Guadalajara. I am super happy to be here again with you and to have exactly. this show. Hey, I am super excited. We're always excited about all these episodes, but each one this year yeah, I know. seems to, it seems to like take on a new level of both interest <laughs> and importance and, and just it's and we're we're really blessed to have some really good people who've agreed to hang out with us this year. And we're going to jump into the topic. Ile, this might be the most important topic that we'll explore this season and I'm just going to broadly call it the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of today's episode, everybody's going to understand, I think, how this single topic really does touch every other issue that is important to what we call about like entrepreneurial economic development, social development, national growth, and frankly, all of our lives as individuals. I'm going to now tell you a little bit about our guest, which is Taj Eldridge, who's joining us from here in Los Angeles, where I am as well. And it, it's one of these amazing, I kind of attributed to like Twitter and or Clubhouse a little bit last year, where for whatever reason, the universe just conspired to connect me with just these really positively energized people. I knew that was the case about him when I saw this quote that he has on one of his social media profiles, which is, if you look at the people in your circle and you don't get inspired, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Wow. Wow, right? Like, talk about inspiration. As he describes himself on another social media platform, he's a lover of words, an economist, and an active investor and advisor who works with startups, founders, investors, LPs, to drive impact in the firms that he's attached with to achieve greatness in all fields of human behavior. And oh, by the way, and Ile loves this one as a former dancer, music is cool too, (laughs) (laughs) right? So so I'm going to just do the the download uh, brain dump on his incredible CV. Taj is a general partner at Include Venture Partners, which he's going to tell us a little bit more about later. I'm going to tease everybody by telling you that dot la which is the tech media company here in la that covers everything that's important here in the los angeles ecosystem says this about taj he's a 46 year old poet i think he's going to tell us rapper turned financier mm-hmm. he's raising now a 250 million dollar new fund to support black and brown entrepreneurs and investors and the fund very interesting to me is going to be split into two buckets 125 million U.S. dollars that's going to go towards direct investments in clean tech, which is what we're here to talk about today, but also healthcare, media, and fintech, as well as follow-on investments for companies that are affiliated with fund managers that they're going to make investments in, right? So he's going to invest a fund to funds in a sense, like to help stoke other underrepresented fund managers so that they can take and do that magic in their own communities. He is currently a senior director of investment at the LA Clean Tech Incubator, which I know so many smart people in LATAM who are trying to work on or working on clean tech, climate tech, climate innovation, and they always feel so unsupported, right, by the systems and the institutions um, in the countries down there. And so I know he's going to tell us a lot about the LA Clean Tech Incubator. He's a board member of LA's very famous Homeboy Industries, which is this incredible like like reemployment program for for folks that have come from you know, prison stays um, run by a Catholic priest that's very very reputable and famous around the world. He's an undergraduate academically of Texas A&M Commerce University. He got his MBA at Pepperdine, which is a private university here in Los Angeles, and his PhD in geopolitical economics 
from the Claremont Graduate University. I'm I'm right there already exhausted because I'm like Taj is <laughs> Taj is like basically like my man crush. Like this is like this like this is the this Taj is like the road not chosen by Rob Ryan at a younger age. Like Taj went on and became all the things that I am now at 50 years old, like just trying to become by doing a podcast. So we're so, we're so grateful to have you. And our fun little connection with each other is the fact that Taj spent some time in his life in Chile. Uh, with that that little skinny country that looks kind of like California, way down at the bottom of the planet, and that's of course where Ileana and I met. So I'm going to turn it over to Ile and Taj to tell you a little bit more. But like, we're just so stoked to have yeah. you here, man. Well, Taj, welcome, bienvenido a Mentors Today. We are super happy to have you here, and I want to know more about your life, your career, and of course, I want you to give us more details about your artistic part, which is I'm very curious about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Que tal, everyone? And, and I appreciate uh, the intro, Rob. It was very generous of you. Uh, I think the life we lead is a winding road, and the more experiences we have will add to the beauty of it. But yeah, the, the one thing I would say that, that we left out uh, that I think is important, and it will tie into Rob mentioning of the poet slash rapper, is that When I majored in, in Texas A&M, I was actually a poetry and literature major. Uh, my parent, when I was telling my parents I wanted to be a rapper, and I, and I put a, I was you know going around in the in the areas of Texas trying to put out music, producing and and, and stuff. And I told my parents, they said, I don't care, you're just going to go to school. And so I said, well, I'll show them. I'll major in poetry, so that way I could be a better, <laughs> better lyricist. But needless to say, when I graduated, music was not in my foresight. Um, I ended up working in banking with Wells Fargo, but the idea of music, the, the, that one side of my brain stayed with me because I understood that rapping, music, poetry is about storytelling. Yeah. And, I, and I understood that storytelling was a huge part of the financial story about, about, about getting people to, to buy things. Right. And so spent a, spent a decade at Wells Fargo from, from consumer banking to, to corporate banking, wholesale banking, leaving Texas, working in Chicago, uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. And then I left uh, Wells Fargo to work at UBS uh, in Beverly Hills. And that was kind of my first kind of exposure to the tech boom. It was the first wave of the tech boom. And I was working with a lot of people there, as well as a few people in the sports industry, because some of my, some of my family uh, played, played professional basketball. Okay. And um, and after that, uh, that's you know when I went into a, a hedge fund, And I was a uh, chief economist uh, while I was going to get my degree at, at Claremont. And that's when I started investing in companies. And I got the bug. I started investing in companies, especially companies that were founded by people of color and uh, small angel investments. And then I started giving more investments and more of my time. And I eventually ended up quitting uh, my job because I got so addicted to the start of life. And uh, mm -hmm. one of the startups I joined at the time They began to, I began to, to, to be a C-suite and I was COO of the company and the company began to fail. Uh, it was the first time of me experiencing that. And, you know, if you've ever been in a company and your savings start dwindling, it gets scary, <laughs> right? And at yeah. the time I was, a, I was a father of two, a newborn and, uh, and a two-year-old and my wife was there and And I ended up doing what, what was in the, one of the lowest points of my life that I really feel as was the highest. I ended up working in a warehouse because I wanted to stay working in my startup. 
I didn't want to go back into banking or another position that I felt like would take a lot of my brain power. And I wanted to just yeah. do something where I can work at like midnight to like three o'clock in the morning, get a little bit of money for, for diapers and, and formula or what have you. And I ended up working at a clothing company called Zoomies in the warehouse. And I felt so lost because here I am with this MBA degree. Here I am with this, this doctorate. And I'm working next next to people who are working in the warehouse. And and what that taught me there was I thought about it differently and wrong. What I was working next to was some amazing humans that taught me humanity. And, and I think mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm as, a, as a person of color, I think there's a fallacy that thinks that we as people of color don't need diversity training. We, we can't be racist or discriminatory. And that's that's BS mm-hmm. because I was discriminatory about them and their experiences. So that that experience there, and I, and I did that for about six months, three, six months, I think. But it, it changed me, and it made me start thinking about things differently. And then, lo and behold, I had an exit after that with another company I was working with, and then another one I was working with <laughs> as well. So I think the universe was trying to tell me what I needed to do. And then and, and, and the last company I worked with was in the wine industry, and I noticed wine was being impacted by the climate with water. And I ended up going to the uh... University of California, and I led the accelerator in UC Riverside, uh, which was a clean tech accelerator. And I selected UC Riverside because it was one of the most diverse out of all the UCs, both African-American and Latino. Yeah. And I wanted to really impact that. And I spent three years there. We, we launched a fund there. We made Riverside the number four place in the nation for diverse entrepreneurs by Entrepreneur Magazine. And then in 2018, I, I left and went to Lacey to, to be the, the director of investment. And I've been at Lacey since 2018, really loving how we're focusing on bringing inclusivity to the the, the clean tech space. And then, as Rob said, in 2020, 2020, I had a conversation with a sports team owner, and we talked about the racial wealth gap in both the Latino community and the African-American community. And I said the only way to reduce that is with ownership. We used to think about home ownership as a way to reduce it, but the credit crisis told us that yeah. that's not the case. So the next stage is is owning your. And I said that the well, the only way you can do this, you have the capital allocators feel the same way, too. So that's why we decided to launch a fund of funds to really impact the racial wealth gap and to create startup companies in clean tech, fintech, healthcare that look like Los Angeles. Wow. (laughs) You 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 opened up you opened up by making a statement that you think that we're all on like the serendipitous journey that takes us in a lot of yeah. different directions before we maybe find our way. And, and here's two things that I just heard from your story, from all of that, from my intro and then your intro and Ile is pulling a little bit of thread here and there. Like I heard a guy who, if not for working at a warehouse at night to do what he had to do to take care of his young family. And if not for then winding up working day job, some day job time at a wine related company and discovering the impact of wine and water and the client, if not for those two little twists in your path, which by the way, neither of which you would have necessarily selected or <clears throat> put on your path ahead of time, right? Like if not for those momentary decisions and then you stick through it and then you learn something from that, like we're not even having this conversation today. Yeah. And, and let me, like, like you, you, you may, you may not be doing any of the things that you're doing right now, yeah. if not for those two little, which were still like little blips yeah. inside of a bigger journey. Yeah. And let me That's add, let me add Rob one more thing. And, and I think this is important because I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of it. I think it needs to be said. The other thing that made me become what, what we call a climate warrior 
is that when people talk about climate, they always talk about it in the future, future proofing. And that's how I always heard it. And from an environmental standpoint is let's take care of your grandchildren, whatever, everything else. As people of color, sometimes in this country, we can't afford to think that far in the future. We need to think about now and what's impacting us now. I got sick in 2018 before I joined Lacey. I, I got what's called, uh, it's, a, it's called FSGS, and it's a rare kidney disease that many of us think has been brought on by the climate, the environment, because three of my other family members were all under the age of 50. We all have the same kidney disease. And unfortunately, when they found out about it, I was stage five. And so what that means is that I'm on dialysis, and I've been on dialysis since 2018. I go Three hour, four hours a day, three o'clock in the morning to about eight o'clock in the daytime. And, and I do it three days a week. So what that taught me, though, is that climate change is not a future proofing issue. It is a public health issue now. Okay. And we've seen that not only with my health, but also in Texas. It is an economic issue with job creation. And it's a social justice issue. Because the the, the reason that I think that my cousins and I got impacted because we grew up in an area in Dallas that had a lot of illegal dumping that was around. There's no coincidence that three of us, all three of us who lived on the same in the same area, all have the same disease. So so definitely yeah. for me, this issue about climate is more than just about achieving alpha. It's about achieving life. That's it. And that I mean you just segued us that's incredible truths you just dropped on us right and you segued us into what was going to be kind of my big our big opening question for this like so take us deeper into this truth right because what i want to understand is why is climate and i I believe what i'm about to say is true but i want you to tell Mm -hmm. us why why you know it's true not just why why i think it's true right we always iliana and i always like to say on this show right we share lots of opinions but the truth is we bring on guests who are expert and really versed in things because you can share facts Right. So so ex- explain to us why climate is so central to everything else that's going on in the what we call the entrepreneurial economy or the innovation economy, some might call yeah. it, and, and the future. And maybe then the next layer to that is like, explain that, but then also show us how the future is the present. And you already, you just kind of did with your own story, but like expand on that. if you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things you and I had discussed this online, and, and I often say I'm not really a, a VC, I'm, I'm an economic artist, because what I like to do is, is paint the world differently. When, when, you, when you go by art, when you, when you connect with art, what the artist is trying to do is, is show you a world that's different through their art. Um, that, that was one way before they painted this piece, and there's another way after this. And that's the same thing we're trying to do with, with companies. Uh, I think, I think the, you know, before, m- many of your listeners may have known that, and before the investment community was very cold on climate tech companies, because a lot of companies got burned from a number of years ago who invested in it, right. very heavily dependent on the government and a lot of other things as well. But like many things, that's cyclical in business. Time has changed and the type of founders has changed and the market has changed. And I can tell you in 2018, when I would make calls to fellow investors that I knew from outside of climate, they would hang up and say, no, I do not want to get into that space, Taj. Do not call me anymore. But then something happened right at the top of 2020. And this is pre this is right before the, the pandemic really took took its hold. But we start seeing people really interested in it. And, and, and I think the younger generation, and please shout out to Generation Z, they're leading it because their expectation is that we want our products to be sustainable. 
And so that's really impacting the type, the first type of climate-based investment is the sustainability part. But then what happened too is when the pandemic hit, you know, one of the interesting things for us in Los Angeles, if, if, and, and I think some places like in Goa, India, and other places as well, the first day on March 13th, 2020, when, when the issue stay at home was, was issued, people went outside their homes and for the first time in a long time, they could see a Hollywood sign. They could see the mountains pristine. <laughs> Why? Because there were no cars on the road, i.e. no greenhouse gas emissions or pollution over there. Yeah. That was what first kind of put what we were doing that people always think is a future piece on the mind right now. And then you start having you having yeah. investors like like Chris Saka, who started his fund that's now on climate, Union Square Ventures and Sequoia. So so I think I think one of the one of the things I would say to people all the time is that we were ill prepared for a pandemic globally and look what happened to us, right? How much has been impacted and how much business has been affected, no matter how much alpha you made. And then the next thing I would say is just imagine what would happen when climate change comes around. Right. And so yeah. I, I think that's been one of the things, the calling cards that that's made both investors and founders say that climate is important. It, it is it is something that's going to impact every business that we're in. And then not only that, and this may be controversial as well, is that because I've only been in climate for a number of years, I don't have the historics of, I would say, baggage. I look at things differently. So there's a company that I, that I like that that that's called Bevy, and I think by the time this this podcast comes out, the announcement we made, I'm an investor in Bevy. Bevy is an online communication uh, platform uh, started by the founder of Startup Grind, and it's basically a way for people to have build communities online and and have this this type of online presence for conferences. Um, I told them when I first invested that that's a clean tech play. The reason why it's a clean tech place is because you're uh, reducing people flying. Like, I, no longer do I have to fly down to Chile to wow. have this conversation that we're having. No longer do we have to have and bring right. more emissions. And also, too, not only from a climate standpoint, now, and we've seen during, during, during the pandemic, now you can get people from all these other areas that have been neglecting in, in innovation and talent to come in. There's a quote that I often use that says, talent is universal, but opportunity is not. And I think clean tech is the tool to make that opportunity universal. Zoom is a clean yeah. tech play. Absolutely. Ilya said something at the very beginning of this season. We were very intentional about this season, Taj. And she said something that has struck with, stuck with me since, which was that maybe this is the year we start having the conversations with all the smart people because it's the time that these people need to start investing and building not just for good, but like, or sorry, not just for money, mm -hmm. but for good and solving real Absolutely. problems. Absolutely. Right? Like, and, and that seems to. Absolutely. Okay, so, Illy, really like, it's funny because you didn't know us <laughs> then. She said that, you know, three months ago. That was kind of like our mantra for the year. Like, okay, we're going to move. Maybe, maybe, Rob, hopefully, like aspirationally, she's telling me as a millennial, right? Like, maybe this is the moment in time when we move away from just you know, new startups and new technologies for profit to like actual innovation for solving real problems, which also happens to be profitable. Yeah, yeah because we, we never, we never actually like in the past, some of some just will think in like, let's make a business that is profitable. No, but now it has to be a business that, um, that is actually solving something uh, for everybody. And has like a conscience to it, right? Like users, 
communities, even enterprise customers now, they want to know that our companies that we build have, mm-hmm. have missional purpose. Like our, our, yes, yes, we want, yes, I'm an investor yeah. in your company. I want it to be yeah. profitable and, and efficiently run financially, but impact? I also want you uh-huh. to have a mission. I also want you to, right, right. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, I mean, Taj, you, you painted almost like there's been a switch that's been flipped in the, in the fairly recent yeah. past here or that we might just be still flipping it. Like that is literally like changing before our eyes to go from a world that was very, you know, now nah, we're not going to get into climate. That's crazy. It's big. It's long. It's too expensive. It's, I don't know if we're going to see returns, like, you know, let the government invent that mm-hmm. solar solution or X, Y, Z. And, and now we're breaking it down. Ile's aspiration, your experiences are saying, first of all, the future is apparently the present. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And, and, Oh man, this is. And Rob, I want to add this though, and and I think you know this may lead into some some questions may have, but I think there's another part to it that that we just you know what we're talking about was the market and the market's responsibility and the responsibility of of a population, but us as investors, we have a responsibility too that I think that we've been neglecting. You know, we always ask founders to to disrupt their industry, but we ourselves as a venture industry has not been disrupted. As much like there, there is a guy by the name of Bryce Roberts who's founded NDVC, and I love NDVC. NDVC had to shut down, but he tried to disrupt what's happening here in in, in venture, and 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 I feel like I I'm trying to take the next mantle with that. Uh, Chamath is doing some great things at, at Social Capital that's trying to disrupt. But I think on the clean tech side, the problem has been, and and I'm putting my my artist hat on, is that I we, love that. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, well, let me take this. There was a great book that came out as an economist that I love called Freakonomics. What I think Freakonomics did was it, it, it normalized what we study as economists and it made us less inhumane. Because I think a lot of times Greenspan, and I love Dr. Greenspan, Greenspan has made this language Greenspanian is what I called it. And there was a disconnect between what we did and what the people <laughs> understood. I think in climate as well, for the people that's being impacted by it, whether or not you're in, you're in the United States, you're in Central America, or, you're, or what have you, there's been a disconnect with that language. And and there's a there's a guy by the name of Frank Luntz, who, who's a Republican strategist, who wrote this book called Words That Work. Yeah. What he's probably most known for is the, the contract with America. The reason I mention that is that what Frank understood was that it wasn't necessarily the action. It was the the way you phrased it and you communicated it. We have to communicate the impacts right. of climate change much differently to make the movement happen. And I think that's going to be the next hammer that needs to drop. And we, we say storytelling, right? Such a sexy word that we love to mm-hmm. use nowadays. Um, my, my dad, who trained me how to be a salesperson by telling me at age 19, hey, I'm going to teach you how to build human relationships so that later when you screw up your <laughs> life, I'll be able to promise your mom that you're employable. <laughs> Right. Because because and he's like and he was basically saying, hey, when other people tell you that I'm teaching you how to sell, you just ignore them and listen to me. I'm teaching you how to build human relationships and communicate with people. Right. So that's that's what storytelling in the 21st century is. It's and what Frank Luntz did is to figure out how to yeah. sell something like how to how to connect with people, like sell in a in a humane way, like how to connect Absolutely. a story. And maybe what your point is, like, is is important one for for young entrepreneurs, as well as investors, as well as policymakers to start thinking about climate can't just be this thing that everybody kind of like 
you know, gets reduced to, well, is it getting warmer? Well, I thought it was, it's not global warming because it's cold outside, like, which is just nonsense, right? It's, it's real innovation. Wow. Ile, I, I know you, you have other yeah, questions. Yeah, the you other thing, like, like, like following this, um, in this line, um, sometimes when we think about climate change, we think like in the obvious things. But now that you mentioned, for example, this platform that uh, help people to join online uh, is something that can actually uh, help to to climate change. There are so I mean, we have to communicate more these kind of initiatives because some people won't see them as as a tool to reduce or to to be like a solution for cli climate change people always tend to to think in the like i don't know like go and plant a tree or don't use your car or or stuff like that right. and there's also many ways to to help and and to be part of this um movement And and, yeah. and that's that's uh, it's it's often that that you that you mention it right like like in making a conscious choice. Hey, we're going to have our employees not commute into an office two days a week instead of this narrative of like, well, we'll ask our employees if they want to be in an office or not. Or like, no, no, no. Like, make a conscious choice as an entity, as a corporation, as a university, or what? We're we're taking you off the streets. We're taking you out of your car. We're like, this is how. Instead of to Ilay's point, instead of like. Oh no, we're going to have all our students commute to campus in their cars at five days a week. And then while they're here, we're going to have to plant trees at the, at the Tecta Monterey Guadalajara campus. Like, no, you should have, like, not planted. Don't worry about the trees. You could have had them just Absolutely. stay at home. Eliana and Rob, let me add this other thing, too, because I think what we've been talking about a lot is the responsibilities of, of the founders and the market. And I talk a little bit about the responsibilities of, of investors. And if I may, I want to tell another story really quickly because I did go to school in South America. One of the things that what I would love to do and I'm hoping that happens is that we have more collaboration between our countries from, from Northern North America yeah. to South America, because and, and it's, a, it's interesting. I met an investor who has a fund uh, called Home Team. She's originally from Argentina, and her partner is African-American woman. And what they're focusing on is this industry called prop tech, property technology. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that they did is, again, in, in the clean tech of circular economy, they're, they're building sustainable building materials for homes. And the problem they ran into was that Doing it here in the United States, there's a lot of regulatory issues that, that, that stops a lot of founders that, that makes it cost prohibitive. So what this team did is they went to a part of Mexico, and this, this is an Apple story, Rob, I'll send to you, that they did a film on it. And they, they built a whole community of these homes with this technology. And so that was their, their pilot, their testing ground within Mexico. And then they were able to come back to the United States and say, look, look what we did to this city. And in Mexico, they showed that this technology works and it was an easier pathway. The reason I mentioned that is that there needs to be more collaboration between the United States innovators and other other countries, other areas where you can have the, the yeah. advancement of technology and, and clean tech and the sustainability impact so many other people. Ile, think about this, Ile. Like, let's use that example in Mexico, right? Or, or pick any country, Paraguay, right? Costa Rica, any, you know, not maybe not Chile because so developed, but Uh -huh. Peru or Bolivia, right? Like any of these countries where if you came as a, as partners, if you came as American technologists or the smartest engineers from an American top university who have these ideas and you say, we're going to come to you, 
they're getting the thing that they need the most, which they have the least resources to develop on their own, which is like the native experiences and intelligence at the engineering level, at that level of sophistication, plus like, hey, we're going to come and test our technology government of Paraguay or government of Bolivia. It's not going to cost you anything, um, but we need the space or we need the physical property or we need the land. Uh, and like it's almost like too mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. win-win. But but you know it, it, <laughs> the reason why like, that it's like it's like yeah. But, but you know the reason it, why we don't and, do and it. the reason why I mentioned those two people is very important. I said that one was an Argentine, a Latina, and one was an African American. The mm-hmm. fact that mm-hmm. diversity is in the fund managers is is why this yeah works. that's awesome that is a reason right. for that that is a reason why we need to get more women and people no so so let's so let right what was not involved in that story yes. there was no white yeah. man that looked like me <laughs> or my age and there were and and there were no as i call as i call all of our senior important clients throughout latin america when they're not white i say yeah but you're basically the local equivalent of a white guy like you're the you're the elite in power you know, Chilean or the elite in power Argentinian who is an older, lighter skinned, Spanish, more Europeanized kind of person. Like that's, and yep. that wasn't in your story yep. at all. That's power. Woman power. It's, it's women power. Right. It's why Ileana is here with me, right? Because I sat there and said, hey, friend, like, I don't want to just do another podcast that talks about pseudo famous people in latam about why they got pseudo famous to the we can inspire other people to want to become pseudo famous like (laughs) i was like i was like i'm the old gringo 52 year old with all my years of experience i want to bring your millennial perspective i want your female perspective i want your mexicana perspective and then i want us to bring people onto the show because what you just said taj just lit up all of the young women and young uh, aspiring entrepreneur men from underprivileged or less than privileged communities all throughout Latin America. They just heard somebody say, oh, yeah, hey, I didn't come for the mm-hmm. typical track either. Right. Like I didn't come from the perfect route. I don't have the, I didn't have the. I made my CV like I didn't ha- I didn't walk into it at birth. And that's that's always such an obstacle yep. in Latin. Right. It's always and the Ilian Ilianized whole purpose in some ways is to try and help people overcome that obstacle. Um I'm, dude, man, we could this this literally it's not gonna be, but this could yeah. be like a three day podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's 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 say this is a starting point to a conversation that needs to have happen more often. Um I mean there's you you touched on Latam, which is obviously a huge part of our audience. We're we're always trying to educate and empower them. Um, you touched on on the bridge building, which I mean, obviously, I, you know, I, I'm reserving my enthusiasm so I don't sound like giddy because that is essentially the reason that growth hacks exists. I mean, we're a bridge builder. And frankly, Taj, to be super honest, you least heard this story. If not for the pandemic locking me down here in L.A., like me and my two my backpack in my bag are in Guadalajara or in Santiago yeah. or in Buenos Aires today. Um, and, and, I, and I'm missing the opportunity to what I really think the universe was trying to tell me through the pandemic, which was, hey, man, slow down, look around, build relationships with other builders like you here in Los Angeles and in California. And then let's build those bridges to Latam and to California back and forth. Right. On all levels. That's that's the opportunity. Yeah, We've that's, do that's that. one of the biggest gifts of the pandemic, no? like everybody stopped to disconnect to reconnect uh, in in many ways that we'll, we'll never think that it will be possible and to connect with people that in, in another way 
will, will never be possible through all the new platforms such as Clubhouse or the spaces or to, to okay. have to be like uh, very introspective about uh, every everybody like or ourselves um, open the the possibilities to 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 create new ways to to impact uh, ourselves and our community Taj, what are the biggest climate problems that need to be solved right now? Like if there, if there's a list in your brain of the biggest climate problems that persist universally that need to be solved yeah, right now, I what think are there they? are two from my standpoint. The first is reduction of greenhouse gas emissions with the way we travel, you know, from, 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 that's why you see a lot of, a lot of states like California moving to electric vehicles by 2035. That's why you see things like Amp Air, which was one of my companies that was sold to Surf Air. Amp Air is doing uh, electric airplanes. That's why you see a lot of countries trying to figure out the whole idea about transportation and greenhouse gas emissions. So that's number one. The second one, I think, is waste products. When I mention waste products, I'm talking about the the the, the idea of circular economy where like we're, we're here in the United States, China's no longer taking our trash. We're going to have to figure out what to do with that. And we're going to have to figure out how to make less trash, right? And I think I think those two things, both transportation and, and the circular economy and sustainability, are the two main parts. A lot of people may focus on battery technology, which is a part of that transportation piece of it, and, and renewable energy. Um, but I think, I think what's going to be solved first and quicker are going to be the transportation and circular economy issues. Entrepreneurs, I hope you're listening. Those are the problems to solve. <laughs> yeah. So before we go, as Rob say, um, you know, this this program is our purpose is to inspire entrepreneurs in Latin America and United States. Please uh, give us three pieces of advice for every entrepreneur who's thinking about climate solutions. Absolutely. Thank you. And and this has been a wonderful time speaking with you both. The three pieces of advice I would have is number one, um, I gave you the story about me working at, at, a, at the warehouse and how I doubted people. The first one is never doubt anyone around you. Everybody would have value for you, no matter what their title is. Don't get caught up of you need to speak to the CEO, the partner, what have you. Speak to other humans because you can learn a lot from that. So that's the first thing I would say is, is, is there's this, there's this uh, author named Antonio Gramsci. He talks about being an an organic intellectual. So I want every founder to think of themselves as an organic intellectual. The second big piece of advice that I would give founders is that if you're from a fundraising standpoint, if you're raising money, never ask for money. You know, I'm a former banker. And, and if you have a bank account, you know that if you, you take out more withdrawals than deposits, you'll be negative. If you think about that in relationships, you want to bring more deposits into relationships than withdrawals. Because when you get ready to, to make the withdrawal, you will have some, some surplus. So you want to make sure that your relationships you treat like a bank account. Make deposits into people's lives first before you ask. And then the third thing I would say, and this is really important because I didn't learn that until years later at, at the age of 47, 46. I'm trying to make myself older. Jeez, slow down. <laughs> is... <laughs> Yeah, slow down. Slow down. You know, you <laughs> exactly. enjoy your 40s. The, to that point, Rob, is enjoy life. Ileana says she's a dancer. Ileana, please keep dancing. Never stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love music. I, I listen to music. I create it. I love it. it. Everything I talk about has a bit of music in it because it's what's making me happy. When you're creating things and when you're – what people tend to forget is that innovate, creativity spurs innovation and innovation spurs creativity. So those two things don't exist in, in these opposite parallel universes. They exist together. 
So tap into your creative side. And if you don't have a creative side, find somebody who does, because that's what's going to really spur your innovation. So those are the things I think I would, I would give to, to founders on entrepreneurs. No, that's amazing. And I, I definitely would like to have another show just to talk about all the art and the like this creative. She wants she wants to get she wants to rip some some music yeah, from you. I would and, love and have to. Music Absolutely. Show, I, well, if I if I may if if I would give the audience uh, uh, one of my favorite artists um, when 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 uh, you know my family's Caribbean, but I love love Bossa Nova. And there's yeah. there's a young artist named Abel Huberto, uh, yeah, whose dad was it. Joao Huberto, and I she is my she is my my muse. So if you can after this podcast, go find some songs from Tanto Tempo, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I I love it too. I love it too, dude. If we weren't in a pandemic and separated by Zoom, I would be giving you a big <laughs> massive hug. Um, we started we started with a text with each other at three four in the morning this morning while you were sitting on a dialysis a dialysis machine dealing with the disease that is yeah. that is kicking your butt and i i am so grateful that 12 hours later you took this kind of energy and put this kind of love out into our community um because we're this tiny little podcast but you know what's funny is when people ask me why we do this it's it's that third piece of advice you just gave like for me this is my creative window like this i do this because i love what yeah. we just did Because the three of us, to me, this is like conversational economic music. And this is my, this is my, this is my love. This is my love Absolutely. language, as they say, right? Um, and get, get, getting to do it with my, with my buddy, Ileana, on a regular basis. And now getting to invite you into this world. Um, so, so grateful. So, thank, so grateful. Thank you thank both. You, I, this has been a wonderful opportunity and time. And to your listeners, please continue to keep creating. And, and Rob, I have to give you your flowers, my friend. Because if anybody has been in the L.A. ecosystem, one of the main champions that I see all the time championing a lot of people is Rob. And I appreciate that because what we're building is that something different in Southern California. And I hope that we can spread that to many other pockets. And what we're building is that a sense of family. And when you have a sense of family, because failure is part of, part of being a founder, but when you do fail, You have, the, you have the tools around you to get back up and create again. Totally. I feel the same, <laughs> the same about Rob. It, I'm super grateful to have him in my life and also super grateful to have you in this show. And so before we leave, can you give us uh, where we can follow you on social media so we can continue the conversation there? Absolutely. So uh, my full name is Taj, T-A-J, like the Taj Mahal, Ahmad, uh, thanks to my father, Eldred. And I am on LinkedIn, so please connect with me on LinkedIn. If you connect on LinkedIn, put put Robert Ileana name in there so I can quickly press yes uh, <laughs> and let me know you listen to the podcast if you're on twitter please follow me on twitter at econo ahmad e-c-o-n-o-a-h-m-a-d support two of economics and Khamad. um and if you're on, on, on um clubhouse i'm there as well uh same name and then uh instagram i rarely post the instagram because i'm a love of words like the thing says as opposed to pictures but i'm there as well and uh you know i love the things there but please do connect with me and And I would love to hear from everybody. And more importantly, like I said before, if you're in Latin America, uh, if you're in Central America, um, my goal and my dream, and I think I told Rob this, is that I'm opening an office in Costa Rica. 
Um, I want to, to, to really kind of make that conduit between the United States, Central America, and South America. And I think the first part about that is being able to have the capital come to the space as well. So, so in five years from now, my hope is that we do another podcast and you'll be talking to me from the beautiful shores of Costa Rica. I, hey, I'm going to short circuit that and <laughs> yeah, say, no I hope for like two years from now, we're all together. We're all together and we're recording the next podcast together yeah. on the shores of Costa Rica talking about what okay. we're doing. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Thank this you, is awesome. Rob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks Have a nice week. Hey, everyone. Hasta luego. Ciao. Ciao.